Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode gonna, today I'm going to touch on training split considerations and just basically what we want to bear in mind when designing your training split. So as for like why the episode, some people kind of get get focused on minute details that don't matter as much as others and what matters most when it comes to any training split before jumping into some considerations is form, effort and intensity. Doesn't matter how much sets you're doing if you're not training close to failure, doesn't matter how hard you're training if your form's not good and you're not using the target muscle and it doesn't matter if you're doing those both immaculately if you're not training consistently because you can only grow so much muscle in a week. It's about kind of mounting productive sessions on top of each other that ultimately grows muscle and allows you to make the most progress. So what I'm basically going to do is I'm going to basically outline my split to yourselves just so you can get a rough idea of what my split looks like and then after that I'm going to touch on what some potential considerations are in terms of your needs when it comes to designing your training split because quite a few people have requested me diving into my training split so in popular demand I'm going to talk through it. So my training split is currently a push-pull legs, rest, then push and then a back and hamstrings training split. And I'll talk through basically what my exercises look like and then how this suits my needs and basically allows me to bring up the body parts I want to bring up. So push starts with a line cuffed lateral raise to target the side delts, a high incline converging Smith machine press to target the upper chest and the delts or your shoulders. And if you don't have a converging Smith, then just use a standard one that's completely fine. Then I've got a flat machine chest press and then a panata dip machine chest press primarily to target my chest dip machine for my triceps and then i've got a tricep extension a overhead extension and then a cable crunch into a plank and then when it comes to my pull day i start with a pullover my current pullover is a single arm cuffed one reason being is i was getting to the point doing a dual arm that i couldn't stay stable because it was pulling me forward and it allows me to be really accurate in making sure I'm training my lat as effectively as possible doing it single arm. And then next up, I've got a dead start barbell row where I, oh, basically a movement where I'm loading my upper back and also my erectors. And then on single arm pull down to target my lats. Then I've got a T-bar row followed by a preacher curl, a hammer curl, the hammer curl from a brachialis and brachioradialis, basically different parts of your bicep and forearm. And then I finish that off with a rear delt fly. And also, although it's like called rear delt, it will ultimately target, like, you will train that when you're training your back, your rear delt. Because its role is to basically take your upper arm from, like, if if you imagine a row, when you take your upper arm out to your side, you abduct your upper arm, that's kind of what the rear delt does, if that makes sense. And... On legs, I've got a standing calf raise, the hip adductor machine, leg extension, seated leg curl, and then I've got a true squat, which is a squatting machine. So if you don't have that, of course, you can just do any other squat variation that targets your quads. And then I've got a walk-in lunge and then an abdominal crunch machine. And then going on to push two, I've got machine lateral raise, I've got a Panata high incline press, sorry, a Panata incline press, then a cable chest press, dumbbell lateral raise, so two side delt exercises in this session, a machine pec fly, 
I've not got one earlier in the week, so that kind of makes sense and allows me to fully shorten my chest or my pec and also get some work accumulated without accumulating too much fatigue. And I've got a tricep extension, then a overhead extension as well. And then going on to back and hamstrings, probably my hardest session of the week, which takes a good three hours, uh, is a shoulder width lat pull down to basically train my lats. I've then got a barbell RDL, and then after that I've got a chest supported T-bar row, a single arm Panata row, which is just basically like a single arm machine row, which I've just put a reel up on Instagram, time of recording this, so if you're watching this not long after it's live, have a look, it's a great movement to do if you have a gym with limited equipment. I've then got a line hamstring curl, a Bulgarian split squat, machine hip thrust, and then a dual arm uh, D-handle curl. And the reason why this splits it's my needs is when I think about what body parts I want to bring up the most. It's kind of my upper body. And when I'm thinking about the split, I'm training my upper half in a less fatigued state. I've got push to start off with, which is generally like a weakness, especially like my chest. So I start with my weak body part when I'm fresh, when I've not got any accumulated training fatigue from previous sessions. As well as that, I have pull next, so second session of the week. And that basically, again, allows him to train in not too much of a tired state. And I've got legs third in the week. Legs being my strongest body part means they don't need the same attention as my other body parts. Or obviously I'm trying to grow them, I'm trying to grow everything. But it means I don't need to kind of give them as much of a, give them as much attention if that makes sense. Or mean attention just means the quality of the work it can be afforded to be slightly lower, which it will be if it's your third training session in the winter, training hard and you're getting stronger in your exercises over time. And as for like the second push day in the back and hamstrings, so having another push day devoted to training my pressing musculature again makes sense because it's a weakness, whereas if I'd done upper lower, I wouldn't be able to do that much work for my chest. And then with the back and hamstrings, like I said, my upper body's kind of a weakness, so having the back portion of the movement or of the session first followed by then leg exercises makes sense because if I'd done let's say legs first and then some back work at the end then I'd be doing back work when I am fatigued from a central nervous system point of view meaning I can't recruit as much muscle I can't train as close to failure uh, just due to like when, when you're in a fatigue state, when you've got central nervous system fatigue built up from training hard to failure in sets prior in the session, then it ultimately impacts the quality of the work you can get done later in the session. So again, it makes sense having the quality of the work. I, won't, I don't want to say lower because it's not purposely lower, but it's going to be lower if it's at the end of the session. So the quality of work isn't as great as if, let's say, the leg portion of the movements were at the start of the session. So yeah, as you can see, this split suits my needs. It suits my body parts I want to bring up. The order reflects that when it comes to my exercises as well as my session. And another reason why it suits my needs is when you look at my leg session, I've not got my compounds super early on in the session. I've got them on the later half. Why? Because my knees in the past, they're feeling good now, but I've had some issues with them. And generally, if I do isolation movements first, I get more out of those isolation movements so they're not just tagged on at the end getting kind of the work 
again, quality being less. Not only that, but it means load exposure is a bit lower and my joints are warmer and I'm kind of primed to go into the compound movements and be able to perform them pain-free, if that makes sense. So as for why this also suits my needs is when you think about back and hamstrings, I've got some leg work at the end, but not like a full leg day. Again, I don't need two full leg days a week because my legs are a stronger body parts, so that wouldn't make sense. And yeah, so it pretty much considers the training session, like order, a training session, like makeup, if that makes sense. So how it's structured, what movements are first in the session are kind of dictated by my needs, dictated by what I need in terms of muscle group muscle groups to bring up and my current maybe injuries etc and as for volume so how much sets you do in the gym it's allocated around my needs some movements have got one working set some movements have got three it's not a black and white approach if i let's say do too much sets on let's say a barbell rdl as well as doing walking lunges split squats bent over barbell row my lower back doesn't recover effectively. So I've got one set of barbell RDL. However, if you can get away with doing more, then do more. But I have the amount I can recover from, from session to session. Basically, the amount that I can train, stimulate muscle growth, and then recover in time for training, let's say, back again in the week, or chest later again in the week. Uh, so I'm training just within my recovery capabilities. Any more would kind of tip me over the edge and a good way to kind of look at it is imagine like you've got like a, a cup and a full cup is how much you can recover from if I add more work or in other words if I add more water to the cup it's just going to overflow and become a mess same with my training doing more is not going to benefit me because I'm already working to my recovery capabilities I'm kind of pushing myself I'm kind of redlining how much I'm doing in the gym I'm doing any more than that it's just going to make your car kind of blow up uh, and in this case, kind of make me maybe run into issues and need to pull back excessively or maybe I get injured. And what I mean by redlining is when you're, let's say, in a low gear in your car and the revs are to the max. That's what I'm kind of making the analogy towards. And what I said earlier in terms of my lower back loading, so I, I touched on how I've got like one set on the RDL and bent over a row. So something to bear in mind is your lower back loading isn't just on movements like that. When I'm doing a Bulgarian split squat, I'm using 40 kilos each hand. When I'm doing walking lunges, I'm using 45s and I'm doing a 20 to 30 rep set. When I am doing, I think that's it to be fair, in terms of lower back loading movements, there will probably be one I'm missing here or there. But I think you get the drift. There's Although the lower back loading doesn't seem super high, You've got, oh, oh, I've got squatting patterns as well, which will ultimately load your lower back to an extent. So although my lower back loading is not super high on paper, just thinking like, a, I've got an RDL and been overall, that's it, one set. But the other work, compound work, kind of accumulates and causes me to maybe not be able to do as much. And in terms of how you know if you're doing too much or too little for a body part, so if you're recovering super fast, got no soreness you've got no tiredness the muscle doesn't feel trained or tired for, from training it then you could probably get away with doing more whereas if you go into the next session you're still sore you've not let's say the doms haven't left it feels a bit achy and tired 
and you feel like it's impacting your performance and that's when you know you're doing too much but before you instantly drop your volume down could you consider could you just be more consistent outside the gym so instead of just dropping your volume could you not just make sure you're let's say being on top of your sleep being on top of your nutrition not drinking as much so there's a difference between doing too much volume and not doing enough to recover if you don't kind of nail your recovery modalities and things that help you recover then you will be able to or you won't be able to do as much volume but why not address the things that are impacting your recovery before just dropping down your volume and kind of admitting defeat to that and potentially getting less results as a side effect and in terms of my split obviously i touched on why you've got that certain split it addresses my needs i don't need two lower sessions and i don't need an upper session I, my lower body is a strong point so i don't need two lower body days and upper body wouldn't allow me to get as quality work done for each body part it wouldn't allow me to get as much volume done uh, and not that volume's the driver muscle growth but if i'm doing an upper session i'm doing two sets for back like i'm probably selling myself short i could probably get away with doing a bit more throughout that session if that makes sense and in terms of what to ensure with your split, I'm going to go over a few things. Is again, like I touched on, does it suit your needs? You want it to ideally suit what body parts you want to bring up, your injuries, your preferences. And when it comes to preferences, this brings me on to do you enjoy that or do you enjoy it? So sometimes I'll put a client on a split purely out of enjoyment, to be honest, to an extent. If I think the split's a bit awful, I'm not going to put on it. I'll probably try and meet them in the middle. But if, let's say, I'm thinking about running an upper-lower split, they really like the idea of push-pull legs upper-lower. It works for their routine. It works for their schedule. They put in a lot of effort into it. They really enjoy it, and they're excited to get to the gym. I'm not going to change the split to an upper-lower split if it's going to make that much of a difference to enjoyment. I'll keep them on the split. I'll meet them where they're at and do what they enjoy and do what they can stick to long-term. Because... It's like a balancing act. You want to have a split that's effective, but you also want to have a split that is going to be as enjoyable as possible. Because ultimately, we do this because we enjoy it. Obviously, we want to get results, but results come long-term, and we want to enjoy the process long-term to be able to get results, simple as that, and put in a lot of effort consistently. I'm not saying you, you can't have sessions where you're not up for it or you can't be bothered sometimes, because I'm like that, I can be like that for like long periods sometimes, but it's a case of kind of cracking on. But So make sure what you are doing in the gym is effective yet enjoyable, and this applies with your exercise selection as well. We want to select exercises, we look forward to doing that, we enjoy doing in the gym, because sometimes, not that you, if, not that you should do this with every single exercise, but sometimes if an exercise just isn't really that enjoyable and it's maybe not progressing much then just swap it out really uh, but at the same time we don't want to be swapping our exercise consistently because it's obviously going to be a bit more enjoyable kind of doing different exercises every week having a bit of variation there but that's not going to build the best results or build the most muscle so yeah make sure what you're doing is going to be kind of effective when it comes to keeping the exercises the same but if you really, really hate an exercise, then you don't need to do any exercise with the gym. And something to consider is, like, I got into the gym, or I got into bodybuilding because I, I love the training. I didn't get into bodybuilding because I like the end result. So 
I'm not going to kind of sacrifice enjoyment to an extent. I'm going to make sure I'm doing what I enjoy. And like I said, you want to make sure it's within, but you push your recovery capabilities. You don't want to just be doing, like, say, one working set per exercise or not a lot of movements when you can get away with doing more. Like, people worry about needing to deload and not accumulating too much fatigue, but at the end of the day, if you want to get get strong or build a lot of muscle, you're going to need to feel battered now and then you're going to need to push yourself to your limits just like any other sport if you want to do well you're going to feel a bit trashed after training which is completely normal and some some people kind of expect like they shouldn't feel tired of that but it's kind of just part of it if you're pushing yourself really hard you're going to feel tired and if not then you're probably not pushing yourself as much as you possibly can and also something to consider is I've kind of touched on this briefly earlier but does it suit your life commitments and just what you like to do outside the gym? Uh, obviously, you get what you put in, which is something to consider. But if you absolutely, if you want to have what you could say, quote unquote, balance, if you want to do other hobbies and commitments, then you might not be able to train five times a week, uh, which is fine. And you might not be able to maybe sleep as much as well, but that's kind of like a that's kind of getting a bit off tangent, but basically make sure it suits your schedule. So if you, let's say, are only willing to train four times a week, that's fine. Just make sure it works for what you're trying to develop and grow. And what I mean by that is I'd rather someone, if someone consistently can only train four times a week, there's no point having them on a five-day-a-week split. Change the split, make the split suit you. Don't make you suit the split to an extent. And what I mean by that is... Like if I've like I've had clients in the past that they struggle to kind of adhere to training due to other commitments. Like I've got a client who trains Thai, and we were sitting for like a push pull legs up or lower split, right? Or a push back and hamstrings actually a similar one to mine because he enjoyed it. But he's training Thai like maybe three times a week, sometimes five. So that's ten sessions in total if he's training five times a week at Thai. That's not really sustainable. Because the gym's not that close to himself, it's not that easy for him to get to. So that's us kind of setting him up for success. So instead, we've moved him to an upper-lower split with one rotation, meaning doing upper once, lower once, only one type of session, and just repeating that. Because if, let's say, we miss, if we only like train like a few times a week, then we've kind of missed a lot of our overall work that we've planned, whereas then he's, he's definitely going to get in if he's got a more manageable split. So make sure it suits your needs what days you want to train as well, that's something to consider. Like, you can kind of adjust your split accordingly. For example, if a Wednesday you work late, then don't train on a Wednesday. So if you run, let's say, push-pull legs up or lower, do upper-lower Monday. Sorry, yeah, upper-lower Monday-Tuesday, rest Wednesday, and then push-pull legs the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Make it suit your needs, like I said. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and you enjoyed the bit of a breakdown regarding my training split and a bit of discussion in terms of how to kind of suit your split around your needs and your requirements when it comes to your physique and if you don't know what body parts you need to bring up more than others just bring up them all don't focus on like putting your arm work first in your session or training like something really really like or just biasing in everything a ton or being really specialized with your training just kind of train everything and prioritize everything because you can get away with it you can recover very well as a beginner because the overall strength you're at is lower 
which means movements aren't as fatiguing, which means you can get away with doing more. So thank you very much in regards to listening and hope everyone has a great rest of their day. If you are listening to this on Spotify, please leave me a review. We'd greatly appreciate that and I appreciate everyone who has already. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and also subscribe. It's good to see that both doing well and I really appreciate everyone's support.